Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. And tonight we are doing our Supernatural Health segment. We have a very special guest with us, Kristen Grace McGarry. She's all the way from Costa Rica, and she is going to be talking to us about some very groundbreaking, leading-edge blood tests. And we need to know all about it because it's going to empower each and every one of us. So... We are going to have a great evening tonight and get very informed, thanks to Kristen Grace. And we have, of course, our wonderful co-host here, PK. How are you tonight? Absolutely fabulous. Been stepping out in the wind, which is darn near blow me across town. We've got a lot of wind today, (laughs) and it's beautiful. Oh, good. Well, you sound great. You sound nice and happy and healthy, as always, so that's a good thing. So what's happening with our numbers? Yeah, (laughs) what do do we have to look forward to for the rest of this month and then starting into May? What's going on? Well, really, I think the most important thing is to think that this is a month of ending old things. And I think uh, considering what we've got for our show tonight, I think some of the old things we should get rid of is bad attitude and negativity where our health is concerned. So... This is a good time for people to take a look at what we've been doing, what we need to do, and to make some changes. So a nine-month is ending old things. So if you've been kind of dragging things along and allowing for, shall we say, negative health issues to hang on, this is a time to find out how to handle them better. Because it's a perfect time to look into alternative health, because that is where our answers are going to be, for sure. And... If we start working on what we have, instead of keep putting it off and we'll figure we'll do it later, well, we both all know that later never gets here. And it ends up that we end up regretting. So the fact that it's a time of endings, that means that if we get rid of the things that no longer fit our health or our working out health issues or the lack of exercise, putting all these things together so that when next month gets here, we'll be all set and ready to go because it'll be all about fresh starts. So use this month to eliminate all those negative things that we've been thinking we'll do later and never do. Like if you don't like your doctor and you need to do something else, perfect time to change it. It's endings. Make way for the new to take place. If you know that you need to go on a diet, perfect time to think about it. It's endings. Make way for the new. So anything that we do that's going to enhance how we feel, and what we do, hey, let's go for it. It's kind of a way, just a good way of looking at things now. It, that is. It's a wonderful way to look at things. So I'm excited 
for to take your advice here and take a look at my health and see what needs to change in a positive way also. And everybody can be doing the same thing. And what a nice difference that will make come May. So that's why I even started walking again. Oh, good for you. For me, it was like it was like taking poison, but I'm doing it, and it's not so bad. <laughs> good girl. <laughs> it makes such a difference, doesn't it? When you can get yes, out and exercise. Does. Yes. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for that, PK. And I, I just want to again point everybody to our Facebook page and follow us there and on Twitter. We've got some really interesting stories that have come up. I'm just going to mention one. It is the Society of Catholic Scientists. They're actually preparing for conferences on non-human intelligence. Yes, that's right. I'm not making it up. And you can read the article on our Facebook page. It it, it just always surprises me, and it shouldn't, when I hear things like this. But the Catholic Church has long been invested in extraterrestrial life. They, as you know, have a huge telescope called Lucifer, strange name for them. But anyways, they are going to be having this big conference, and they're going to be talking about alien intelligence. So this is obviously uh, on the actually the coming before the Pentagon report, which is supposed to be mm-hmm. released, as you found out for us, uh, PK, on June 1st. So we're going to see about that. There's a lot cooking when it comes to UFOs. A lot more has been talked about, released, a lot of sightings, a lot of photographs, videos. They're on our Facebook page. So go take a look there. Make sure you're following us. And we also have a Supernatural Health Facebook page. So if you haven't joined Mm -hmm. it yet, make sure you do because I'm always posting new articles, new research, a very interesting leading-edge health technology and, and health research that you will find very, very helpful. So make sure you join us there on Supernatural Health on Facebook. So I wanted to make sure to give you a couple of new Grabovoy numbers. Everybody's been writing in. They wanted the number for the lottery. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Good luck. I'm going to share that with you guys now. So the Grabovoy number, which, as you know, is a source code. It's not the actual lottery number that's going to win. It might, might be, but... The whole purpose of Gravavoy Numbers is to get you to think in numbers because that is the language of the universe. So here it is, the lottery, 4610567. Again, that's 4610567. So feel free to meditate with it, put it under your pillow, Put it on your altar if you have one. Put it in your wallet. Keep it with you and let it kind of circulate in your mind. Send out that frequency to win. And the other request that we had is for the number for finding your soulmate. So here is the number for that. It's a little bit longer. It's 888-412-1289. Again, that is 888-412-128-9018. So be sure to write back to us, email us, text us, let us know how you're doing with these fun things, and, and do have fun with it. That's the purpose of this. 
really let this lighten your whole soul and attract things to you that you really want that are all positive for you. So tonight we are on to health again, and we are really enjoying these conversations with our guests regarding health. And tonight we have Kristen Grace McGarry. She is an expert. She's internationally recognized and an authority in autoimmunity, functional blood chemistry analysis, thyroid and gut health, and so much more. Because I'm sure all of you have had the same experience we've had, that you don't feel well when you go to to your doctor, they do some blood work, and it comes back normal. So you have Mm -hmm. no answers, and you still don't feel very well. You might have fatigue, you might have allergies, you might have bad digestion, you could have anything, but it's not showing up in your blood work. So you don't really have a clue from that as to what's going on. Well, we're going to hear about a new way, a different way to do blood work that actually gives you answers. So we have Kristen Grace McGarry with us tonight. She divides her time between Colorado and Costa Rica, and she's with us right now. So Grace, Kristen Grace, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It is our pleasure, and we're we're sitting at your feet. We want to learn from you as to what to do with our health and how to empower ourselves. But first, tell us how you got into this field. Mm. Well, I was always attracted to helping people. And since the age of two, my first memory was that I would be some kind of doctor or healthcare provider. And I've had a picture in my clinic uh, for for many years of me as a two-year-old with a stethoscope that I got from my aunt taking the <laughs> pulses of my grandmother on her wrist where the Tibetan doctors read pulses. Even though I knew to listen to the heartbeat with the stethoscope, I was very drawn to the forearms. And in Asian medicine, we take pulses closer to the wrist, but we take uh, – five different depths of pulses at three different pulse points, similar to the Tibetan doctors, but further they go further up. And so I, I knew from a very young age that this was my path. I just wasn't sure if it was allopathic Western medicine or not. So I started out there and then transitioned to Asian medicine and functional medicine and and really looking at soul care. <laughs> How do we care for our spirits as well as our bodies and our minds? And one of the the, the big um, ahas for me in this journey was when I got really sick. And I went from doctor to doctor looking for answers, and I couldn't get out of bed some days. And I was young. I was 20. And I had spasming and migraines and balance issues and gut issues. And I... I was a mess, and I had been a competitive bodybuilder and an athlete and a vegetarian and a vegan, and I thought I was the picture of health, and here I was in bed, hardly able to move some days. So I began my journey of inquiry, of exploration, to really figure out what the heck's going on with me, and I started with Western medical physicians who were all very well-intentioned but couldn't find anything wrong with me and sent me to a counselor, a therapist, because they were sure it was in my head. And the counselor, the therapist said, well, this isn't in your head. This is clearly a physical symptom. Go back to your doctor. So I felt like they were playing ping pong with me a little bit. (laughs) 
and began yeah began to to really get to the root of what was going on and there were many things but you know I was an EMT I worked in the emergency room for a while I was pre-med at the University of Arizona and I saw the value of western medicine and how it could really save lives and they have amazing tests and and technology for seeing inside the body but I also saw where they were really they had huge gaps in their understanding and in their connection of the body and the person as a whole being not a broken car or a piece of machinery that everything actually worked together and that the mind and the soul was just as important as the, as the physical body and so I began this quest, and I, I discovered what was going on with me. I got a medical diagnosis. It was fibromyalgia. And then they said, you're going to have that forever. And I said, well, I don't think so, and That's began real. to really heal, really heal at a deep level and peeled off many layers. Some were nutritional. Some were heavy metals. Some were emotional. Some were trauma locked in my tissues. There were many things going on, and I peeled off the layers according to my body and my biochemistry, and one of the things I discovered during all of my learning was something called functional blood chemistry analysis, which is a very unique uh, way of both ordering and interpreting a lab panel. So I'll pause there because I spoke a lot. <laughs> no, that's good because it is very different from traditional blood work and lab work. But, you know, one of the things that really caught my attention in your book was you did say that usually with autoimmune disease, it's not just one disease. There's multiple diseases that come together to uh, haunt people with these with these issues, right? Yes, it's true. Um in, in my book, Know Your Blood, Know Your Health, I do go into autoimmune issues and lab markers that might be red flags to have people do other testing so that you can really rule out different uh, disease patterns. And with autoimmune issues, there is almost always a history of immune dysfunction. And immune dysfunction can look like a lot of things. It could be a simple allergy. It could be a gut issue. It could um, be that you get a lot of colds, but it could also be that you never get sick. And the people who come in who have really serious diseases are often the ones who say, well, I, I never got sick. I was so healthy. I, I never had a fever. And actually... Not having a fever and never getting sick is a sign of imbalance, that your body isn't strong enough to gather the, the forces to kick out the bad guys and get a strong fever, which is very important for a healthy immune system. It's like a muscle that you have to work out. And, and so I talk about this as well as the idea that People don't just get one autoimmune disease. They usually come in threes. Uh So if someone has a diagnosis, let's say of Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, 
they will likely get other um, autoimmune issues, whether they go diagnosed or not. They will usually suffer more. And there are ways of actually preventing that. There are ways of helping the immune system regulate, modulate, and balance itself so that the autoimmune diseases can basically stop hurting the person, stop damaging the tissues, and almost go to sleep, go dormant. Or Western medicine does not say that it's possible to ever get rid of an autoimmune disease, but I've seen it clinically. I've seen it in a lab. But um, they say it's not possible that once you have it, you just simply go into remission. It's still there. It's just not as active. But I've actually seen it completely go away. I believe that we have incredible innate ability to heal. We're designed to heal. Our, our DNA, our tissues, our immune systems, nervous systems are programmed to heal. And we just sometimes get blocks that prevent us from doing that. So I get to help you peel off the layers and find all the blocks that might be stopping your body from doing what it's designed to do, which is actually the topic of my third book, which isn't published yet. Oh, how exciting. Well, we're going to have to have you back for that conversation as well. But for for this book, it's fascinating what you are presenting here. Know your blood, know your health, prevent disease, enjoy vibrant health through functional blood chemistry analysis. Because, yeah, even with autoimmune diseases, sometimes and most of the time, it's very hard to get a diagnosis. As you found out with fibromyalgia, I've seen it with lots of different types of, of illnesses, whether it's scleroderma or Raynaud's or Sjogren's. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it takes five years before a doctor can figure it out, which that in and of itself doesn't make sense to me. How can they not know what this is? But they don't. Yeah. Yes, it's true. And I think that the doctors are doing their very best, but the system doesn't, it's not set up to catch things before it's a full-blown disease. A lot of the autoimmune issues that we see in people today are actually mostly preventable. And doctors don't have the tools to catch things early enough. So then they can't really act preventatively. They're not really trained to act preventatively. It becomes a sick care system instead of a health care system. And it's in this that they're working, and they're doing their best. But the tools they have aren't necessarily always what um, the patients may need. And so functional blood chemistry analysis can act to bridge that gap and help people not only find the root causes of symptoms or imbalances they're feeling now, but also find things five to ten years before they'll have a symptom or a diagnosis so that they can be proactive now. And when I share this with physicians, most of them are very excited. Most of them get on board and say, wow, brilliant. Every once in a while, a doctor is like, "Eh, nope, I didn't learn that in medical school, therefore it doesn't exist. But for the most part, I think physicians really want to help their patients. And if there's a way to do so, they want the best for their patients. Sometimes they just don't understand how. Mm-hmm. You're very kind to your traditional mm-hmm. colleagues. 
Um, I would be <laughs> as, as kind as you, uh, but that's okay. I, I understand, you know, what you're talking about and why. But there's also something that traditional physicians are under called standard of care, which I think is horrific. But can you talk a little bit about standard of care and what that really yes. is? Yes, yes. You know, and I talk about this in the book too. So standard of care came about really with good intentions to treat people equally. That no matter what people's socioeconomic classes or their race or their religion uh, or their age, that they were treated fairly. Um, and so this standard of care came into being. So uh, and, and think of standardization. Whenever there's whenever something's standardized, we lose individuality. Right. And I think that this standard of care came from good intention, but it has really missed the mark for individuality and and how people really deserve to have a more comprehensive approach to their health. And standard of care basically means that if someone comes in with a diagnosis, they are given a protocol or a treatment plan. No matter who comes in with that diagnosis, they're given the same stuff, basically, the same kind of medicine, maybe a slightly different dose, maybe not, maybe never a conversation about food, um, it's the same, same, same all around. So let's say a 60-year-old man comes in with a, a cardiac issue and a 40-year-old woman comes in with a cardiac issue. If it's, quote-unquote, diagnosed the same issue, they get the same medication and the same treatment. But they are completely different beings with coming from completely different backgrounds, maybe completely different uh, eating habits, lifestyle habits, ways of thinking, work, etc. And these all impact their physical body and how the body expresses itself with symptoms and disease patterns and imbalances. And so treating them same, same is not really in their best interest from my perspective. So it's not. It's, I it's like, not one size yeah. fits all. Healing is not one size fits all. Definitely it's so not. individual. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and this that, is the something other, that I think is missing. It, and not only that, but I've heard real horror stories about doctors who do not adhere to that protocol, and they've found something else that works, and, and they've lost their license because of it. So yeah. there are those cases also that I unfortunately can't forget. I mean, they're, they're really innovative physicians out there, but they're not allowed to use this, these innovations lots of times because it doesn't follow standard of care. So That's right. That's right. That's, you're you're that's spot on. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a and shame. It's, it's and, scary and it's sad because we've lost the sight of do no harm, right? Even I, I'm not a Western medical physician. I do Asian medicine and functional. It took an oath to do no harm. And I know every medical physician in North America has taken the same oath. And in fact, in the world, they take this oath to do no harm. And yet, they are making medical calls, medical decisions and choices 
about people's health without having all the information. For example, uh, thyroid issues. And someone, they only test, you know, one to three markers. Well, there's 10 at least for a full thyroid panel, right? I can hardly even get an endocrinologist to order all 10 um, because they're never really taught what all 10 mean because the standard of care says if your TSH is off, your thyroid-stimulating hormone, you have to give a T4 drug. They don't care why it's off. They're not trained how to look to see what might be going on with all the other markers of a thyroid panel and all the other markers of a comprehensive lab to, to discern what's the underlying root. They don't take an hour and a half history to know why the thyroid isn't working well or the pituitary isn't working well. So they're bound to the standard of care. And so they, it's, it's a little bit of a trap in a way. And I think it's important to empower listeners and and people who are receiving health care to ask more questions and to to bring up more individualized care because the cookie cutter approach makes people fall through the cracks of the western sick care model of treating disease instead of a comprehensive approach that guides someone to vibrant health by looking at all of the variables that have impacted how their physical body is expressing itself. And functional blood chemistry analysis does this because we order, there are three major differences in functional blood chemistry analysis from your standard labs that maybe your physician is ordering every year, maybe your naturopath or even your functional doc might be ordering them every year. That doesn't mean they're interpreting them properly. So first of all is ordering them. And the standard is like 10 to 20. If you're lucky, your naturopath might do 30 markers. I want to see closer to 70 and a urinalysis. Wow, that's a big difference. It's a big difference, more than half. And I liken it to a 10,000-piece puzzle. This is someone's health. And if we're missing more than half of the puzzle pieces, how do we know what the picture is going to look like? And then if those half of the puzzle pieces are still turned upside down, we haven't even turned them right side up yet to interpret them properly, how in the world can we then offer this person who has a thyroid disorder a medication if we haven't even seen all the puzzle pieces, but the standard of quick care requires it. So they're trapped. Yes. Yep. It's a sticky yes. slope. So the number of markers that I want to see in a lab is very different. And then the reference ranges are very different. So the reference ranges that you all see on your lab that you've all gotten at some point in your life are actually mostly based on sick people. They average all the people that get their labs done multiple times a year. They average a small number of them and say, these are the new averages. And this is what we're being compared to. So if we're being compared to mostly sick people and your doctor says, well, you fall within normal range, you're fine. This is not an accurate marker of health. It's it's closer to an a marker of disease or dysfunction or imbalance than it is true health. So my reference ranges are different and they are more narrow. 
so I can find things before you have a serious diagnosis or disease pattern going on, we hope. Now, a third difference is how I interpret those reference ranges. I do not just look at a single marker like, oh, your cholesterol is high, therefore um, I need to refer you out to a physician so you can get a statin drug. Well, actually, I look at patterns. So I don't just look at cholesterol. I don't just look at a cholesterol panel. I look at 70-plus markers and how they all work together. And there's probably 10 other markers that are associated with your thyroid, with your cholesterol health. And most cholesterol, not all, but most cholesterol is usually an insulin issue, an insulin resistance issue. It is not a true cholesterol issue. So you've got all these people taking these drugs for cholesterol, especially when their cholesterol wasn't even that high. Your cholesterol is 240 and they're putting you on a drug. That concerns me. Now, your cholesterol is 400 and you're getting put on a drug? Okay, I I can accept that. Let's have a conversation and work as a team with your doctor to get to the root of what's going on. Is it genetic? Is it lifestyle? Is it your nutrition? What's going on? Can we downregulate those genes and upregulate healthy genes? There's a lot that can be done. But people are falling through the cracks with these, you know, relatively slightly high cholesterol readings. They get put on all these drugs, which actually impact them very negatively. It impacts your brain negatively. And then I start seeing cholesterol too low. Well, that's not good for your brain because your brain is mostly cholesterol. So, it's it's very complicated, but if you're not looking at the patterns, you won't understand and you won't know how to treat that individual properly. And then you're going down a rabbit hole of, of one drug to treat this and another drug to treat the side effect of that. And I don't even believe in side effects, right? It's another effect of the drug. It's not a side effect. It's actually another effect. And, and people are taking more drugs for that. And then they're taking another drug for this. And then they can't sleep. And now they have a muscle spasm. And now that da, 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 And now they're depressed. Yeah, I bet. So, yeah, so they're right. Three main differences in functional blood chemistry analysis that I think it's important to mention. Very important. And let me ask you another question here about this, because I was told a long time ago that these references that we're working with, not the ones you do, but the ones the rest of us do, they're based on, um, like, for example, a thyroid test. Those limits, uh, too low, too high, are based on a 165-pound male. But, well, what if you're a 100-pound female? Then how mm-hmm. could that even apply to you, that range? Yeah. yeah, it's a great point. It's one of the challenges. And the research that I cite in the book on these kind of standards of labs is quite disturbing. Many, many labs have not updated their reference ranges in 10 to 20 years. Oh, <laughs> and when kidding. they That's do awful. update it, oh, no. Oh, no, it's so interesting. And when they do update it, sometimes it's never even based on a human. It's out of a textbook or it's out of a test insert, like a pamphlet that comes with testing um, material, testing kits for labs. So they're guessing and they're, they're not actually testing humans. And when they do test humans, they test 10 of them. Nine out of 10 are sick. And they take wow. this pool of, of quote-unquote healthy people 
which they're not actually healthy. They just may not have cancer, right? It just does not mean they're healthy. They just don't have a horrific diagnosis. They take 10 of them, maximum 20, and and they average those that small number of people. And these are our new reference ranges. Horrifying. It's horrifying. Well, this As explains a, a lot, though. As a consumer of healthcare, people should be upset. <laughs> yeah, well, this explains why people go and, and spend a lot of money, or their insurance does, on this lab work, and it comes back so-called normal. And you're still mm-hmm. left with the same symptoms you went in with, but you're in these crazy ranges. So they say, well, you're dead center, so there's nothing wrong with you, when there clearly is. There's something wrong with them, with their references. Yes. Good Correct. point. Or they're a tenth of a, way, tenth of a point away from a diagnosed disease, a tenth of a point or two-tenths of the point. And it's a diagnosed disease. They're so close. But the doctor's like, nope, you're, you fall within normal. Yes. And, exactly. that's, and that happens that's a, a lot with thyroid for some reason, more than mm-hmm. it seems any other. But when, But so many women I know have... There's no question in my mind they're talking about low thyroid symptoms, but when they have the test, they say, well, yeah. I showed up right in the dead center, right in the middle, so my doctor says my thyroid is normal. But it isn't normal, is it, when they have these symptoms? It's, it's not, and, and it's usually because they're not ordering a full, plan, a full panel. They're just ordering one to three, maybe four max out of ten markers. And if you're just looking at those and you're just looking at TSH, you know, someone could have a TSH of 3 or 2.9 but not be converting T4 hormone into T3 hormone, and that's going to show only if you do a full lab. And if you don't do the full thyroid panel, you're not going to see that there's a conversion issue. You're not going to see that they're not um, actually using the hormones properly are there are there enough receptor sites and is there enough hormone for those receptor sites you can't see that from just one or three markers and this is so important because especially women with thyroid you know they're not feeling good and they go to their doctor and and they're not really validated which is a, right. a really important piece to empowering people around their health is and, and I think doctors are doing their best, but like I said, I think their tools stink sometimes. And they're not validating this poor woman or group of women who are like, hey, something's wrong in my body. I don't feel right. And it's not old age. I'm not buying it. Something's off. But because they're maybe um, on the edge of what's quote unquote normal, they're falling through the cracks. And it's, right. I mean, this is why I'm so passionate about this and why I'm so honored to be interviewed by, by both of you because I want to get this out there to as many people as possible so that they can become informed consumers. I really believe that healthcare is consumer driven. And the more people that wake up and talk to their doctors about this and bring my book to their doctor and say, hey, read this, please. Hey, can we talk about this? How do, what are these tests about? How come no one's talked to me about this? I want to educate more doctors. I'd like to be teaching more doctors how to do functional blood chemistry analysis so that we can actually save money. It saves the system money. It saves the insurance companies money if we catch things early. And it saves a lot of suffering because these poor people don't even get the right diagnosis. And they're walking around miserable or they've been shuffled off 
to, uh, like you said, to a counselor saying it's in your head because I can't find what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it, yeah, it's a real burden on the system. That do absolutely nothing for you except debilitate you even more. Right. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's, you're it's spot on. But now, Kristen Grace, when you order a blood test, okay, how... I mean, how do you go about ordering a functional blood chemistry analysis? How different is this whole process than a traditional lab? Do you still use a traditional lab, but you have different yes. things you're requesting? Yes, exactly. Yes, so I work under a physician so that I can order labs and work with a physician. This is just part of the system. And it's the same thing. People go to LabCorp and they get their blood draw and they, they pee in a cup. So it's it's very easy. The results come to me. I analyze them. I interpret them. I go over them while I'm going over my intake forms, which is pretty lengthy. I, I have about 24 pages of intake forms. Wow, and then I sit down with someone for about an hour and a half. And I go through every marker of their lab and I explain what's going on inside their body. And then I make recommendations. I talk about green flags, yellow flags, and red flags. Green flags are, hey, you're doing a great job. Your body's working really well in these areas. Yellow flags are, hey, I notice there's some room for improvement. Like, let's say I see you're chronically dehydrated. That's really inexpensive to fix. It's a lifestyle hack. Let me give you my tips and tricks so you stay better hydrated. Or it could be a red flag. Something is out of range, even according to Western medicine, not only functional medicine. And I'm seeing some patterns of imbalance here that could lead to a diagnosis of a disease pattern down the road. How do we nip it now? How do we work with your nutrition and your lifestyle and your exercise program and your mind and your soul care? Self-care is also soul care, caring for your spirit. I want to hear what's going on in your relationships. What's going on with work? Do you have any old injuries that are still nagging you? Because those could be a block to healing. Are there any other stressors from your lineage, your ancestors? Are you carrying stuff for them, which could be seen as genetic stuff? Um, Or in in, uh, homeopathy, it could be seen as miasms, where people are carrying these disease imprints that can manifest in various symptoms in their physical body. So I'm asking a lot of questions and looking at a much bigger picture and then having those conversations with people. Do you have mercury in your mouth? Are you using synthetic chemicals on your body? How is this impacting your liver function? How is it impacting cognitive function if you're using For example, perfume, which is known to have neurochemicals, or you're using Febreze or these, you know, air fresheners that are known to have neurotoxins in them, and you're complaining about memory loss, we we can have a conversation about that and make some very simple changes that render huge results. So it's different in that I spend a lot more time with people and I go into detail so that they're empowered with information. I believe knowledge is power. And when someone can really see what's going on inside their body and then get appropriate recommendations based on their biochemistry, their goals, and their lifestyle, this is a winning formula for vibrant health. 
It really is. It's wonderful that you're able to do that with people. Let me ask you, what do you think genetics, uh, how much of a factor are genetics when it comes to disease? Because we all know, you know, our parents died from X, Y, or Z. How does, how does that play out? And in terms of everything you're talking about, if there's a genetic predisposition for something, uh, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's a really good question. Thanks for bringing it up, Patricia, because I think people are afraid of of genes. Like, oh, my mom had breast cancer, therefore, um, and it was genetic, therefore, if I have the gene, I'm going to get breast cancer, so I better have a preventative uh, double mastectomy. Right? People do this. Hollywood stars yeah, have I, done this. Really something, yeah. And it it is. And and we are not a slave to our genetics. There is a field of science called epigenetics. And this is not woo-woo. This is real science. And what epigenetics has shown us is that we may have sick genes, but we also have healthy genes. And we can have sick genes that stay dormant. They stay asleep and they never turn on. And we can turn those sick genes on with lifestyle, poor habits, poor nutrition, eating a bunch of gluten, working the swing shift and not taking care of ourselves, lack of exercise, too much alcohol, toxins in our environment, a lot of stress. These things can turn on sick genes. So those genetics get flipped on, the switch gets flipped on. Now we're in a disease process. Well, you can also turn the switch off or never turn it on to begin with. And so, yes, genetics are important and they are an important consideration, but they're not everything. And it's important to know that we have more power than the social media is telling us we do around our genes. And we have more power than, say, the insurance companies or the pharmaceutical companies are leading us to believe. Um, and and there, there are uh, scientists like Dr. Bruce Lipton talking about the biology of belief was one of his first famous books. He has many, yeah. many more now. Mm-hmm. But he talks about the field of epigenetics. And it's fascinating. It really is. You're right. We have so much more power than we realize over our own health and the choices we make are a big consideration. People don't think about that a lot of times, especially when they're younger. They think that they're going to be immortal and they can do whatever. But it all catches up with us eventually, and we're seeing that more and more, aren't we? I mean, I don't know. I think our grandparents' generation, they ate better food. There were less chemicals. I think they lived longer, healthier lives. And I don't think we're seeing that anymore, are we? No, unfortunately we're not. And in in the next five years, what research is showing us is that one in three children will have diabetes, will diabetes? be obese. Goodness. Wow. Yes. There, I've seen in my practice a 12-year-old with high cholesterol. How does that, and was not genetic, it was because they were obese. And they were obese because they had a lifestyle and a nutritional upbringing that was very, very, very poor 
because their parents didn't understand and had some food addictions themselves. There is, and, and they believe the media. Why would the media ever lie about dairy or sugar or gluten <laughs> or whatever, right? Well, because they're making billions of dollars off of junk food. Right. And it's a real challenge. Uh, and, and I think that people who are not as educated or they have a lower income bracket or living in poverty should still have access to whole fruits and vegetables. And they don't. Instead, they have a corner market with chips and processed hot dogs on a bun that have been out all day in the, under a little heat light. And, and this is a real problem, um, and, and especially in underprivileged groups of people. And it's not fair. And it's an interesting kind of discrimination in a way. It's a socioeconomic discrimination that we don't have the proper systems to make sure that everyone's getting vegetables. And just having food stamps is not the kind of system I'm talking about. I'm talking about sustainability and permaculture and how do we teach people to grow food in a neighborhood and have a community garden because it's very inexpensive to grow organic produce on a rooftop or in a community garden where you have 25 families contributing. Each family may only need to give $5 and you have a garden. And this is, this is practical. And there are more and more programs popping up around our country. And I really applaud them because they're like salmon swimming upstream against the, the typical culture of junk food and the SAD, Standard American Diet, which is sad. And, uh, but it's happening. So there is hope. But this is a real challenge for our next generation. And guess what? It impacts genetics, too. Right, we have these kids who are obese, who are diabetic, who are having ADD, ADHD symptoms because their brain isn't being fed properly. And these are the kids going into our workforce. These are the kids who are the next generation. What's going to happen to our society? What's going to happen to our workforce when people can't focus anymore because they're on their phones for five hours a day on Twitter? This is, it's a different, it's a different programming of our brains and our nervous systems and it requires some, some balancing and some perspective, I think. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's terribly sad to see what's happening with the youth today and even, I mean, it doesn't matter. Just any, any age group, there is a collapse that's taking place and it's very frightening. It's very unfortunate. It doesn't need to happen, but. You can see where, you know, people to garden, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes work, and it takes attention. So in order to do that, you have to be willing to contribute that to your garden. And so many people are just used to grab and go, and they're, you know, drive-by eaters. So it it appears to be convenient, but... The price for that is is much more than anybody should pay. So this respect for neighborhood gardens and things like that is it's got to come back around to that. It really should. Yes, yeah, educating people how to grow their own food, I think, is is just really fundamental as humans. Even if it's just a couple of plants in the house, or there are indoor tower gardens. 
and in places like Colorado, I can't grow year-round. I lived in Flagstaff, Arizona for a while. Our growing season was like two months out of the year. So we needed to find other ways. And there are tower gardens. Some of them are more expensive than others, but there are other ways. And I, I hope that this becomes more socially and culturally um, accessible for more and more people. And as more community gardens pop up, you know, we really start to look at food as medicine. And, but it's a, it's a whole, it's not just what we're eating. It's the culture. It's the motivation behind it. It's what happens when we get our hands in the dirt. What happens to a child when they plant a seed and they water a plant and they take responsibility and they grow something they can eat? What happens inside that child's mind and heart? and body when they do that is something very special that you can't get in a video game. And it's, it's almost intangible. It's hard to explain. It's hard to talk about the gift in that kind of experience with a child. But guess what? It impacts our health. It impacts the health of future generations. It impacts the health of our society. So it's it important to does. bring up if we're talking about, you know, health care and nutrition. And yeah, no, all of this is tied into our survival as a species, and but also just our, our own welfare. And I have a great question just came in for you. Where This person just wrote in, and she said, where can I find a doctor like you? <laughs> oh, bless it. You know, I work Very internationally all over the, the world. And so you can go to my website and and I'm offering an optimal wellness consultation that's complimentary. It's 30 minutes. We can have a brief conversation. I can see if I'm a good fit to really empower you or if I can guide you in the right direction. And so depending on what state you live in, I can help. So please reach out to me, my website. I'll give you the easy version is guthappyketo.com. That's G-U-T-H-A-P-P-Y-K-E-T-O.com. Otherwise, my full name, KristenGraceMcGarry.com. But that's it's spelled a little differently. But I think Patricia, you'll probably have it posted somewhere. I will, and have, I have it posted, but I will post it again. Oh so that people can find you. Now, once people do an an optimal wellness consult with you, um, let's say PK wants to do one with you, and she's in Tucson, Arizona right now, then what if she wanted to follow up with this functional blood analysis? How would that happen? Well, we'd hop on a Zoom call, and I like to see people, and I like people to see me. I like to connect. I think it's part of healing. And I'm so grateful for modern technology. What do you think, PK? Do you agree? I think that's fabulous because it makes all the difference in the world. You don't feel boxed out. You feel a part of it. Yes. And this is important in in healthcare. Well, in many things, but for me in healthcare. So we'd get on a Zoom call. We'd talk for 30 minutes. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You can ask me questions. And then I'm going to make some recommendations. And one of those recommendations may be, hey, let's look and see what's going on inside your body. Let's take the guesswork out of your healthcare. Let's do a functional blood chemistry lab. And then I can order that lab for you in Tucson. And you go to LabCorp. You get your blood draw. You pee in a cup. And then we get the results. 
And in the meantime, I give you all my intake forms. You fill them out online. It's all HIPAA compliant. You press send. They go to a secured place. I go through them with a fine-tooth comb. I get your lab results. I go through that with a fine-tooth comb. And then we get back on Zoom again. And we spend about an hour and a half. I give you a copy of your labs. I email it to you. I go through it line by line. I'll even record the call so you can download it later and listen to it again in case you had more questions. And I go through it line by line, and I tell you what I see. And I tell you what my recommendations are. Doesn't that sound great, TK? We both just do It's super fun. It's so fun. (laughs) And you walk away really empowered. That's what makes it fun is you don't walk away frustrated. You walk away feeling like you've got a way to work through this, and that's what this should be about. So that's terrific. Now, is the lab work actually covered by insurance for people, or is it all out of pocket? Such a good question. Good question. I have only had two people ever in my practice get it covered by insurance, only two. And they were both in different sects of the military. One was a fighter pilot, and the other was married to someone who was very high up in the military. Everyone else has not been able to get their insurance plan to cover it all because it's about $4,000 worth of labs out of pocket. It's a lot. Now, I don't, I don't charge that much. Uh, I get it at a much lower rate. But it's so comprehensive. And remember, insurance companies are not into prevention. They're into sick care, which right. I understand. It's just a system. It's how it's set up. It's not bad. It's just one way that isn't right for most people. And so they're not really into prevention. And so they don't support that many lab markers because it's far too preventative and that's not how they're set up. And so they usually say no and it's actually cheaper, less expensive to go through me than to try to piecemeal it out with most insurance companies. Now, I will always give my lab panel for free the the list of markers for free to anyone and say, please go research it. Tell me if your doctor will order this for you. Can you get it covered? Fantastic. If you can, you'll be my number three person. But for the most part, they come back and they say, no, I can only get this done and that done. They won't do anything else. Well, if I start piecemealing that out, it actually is more expensive. So usually it's just better to get it all with me and and I get to see exactly what I want to see instead of piecemealing it out with two other doctors. Oh, maybe your endocrinologist will only order three thyroid markers, but I want ten. So now I have to order the other ten, but or the other you know seven or eight. But really, it's the same cost for me. So it's you know it's just it can be complicated. And I invite people to investigate it with their own insurance companies to see what they can get done. Yeah, sometimes you can pressure them into doing a little bit more than they normally would. But just so so we have some idea for our audience, um, so the out-of-pocket cost could be how much? Is it 4000 or is it less than that? No, 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 it's less than that. So what I do, and you can read about this on my website, and I even have a video about functional blood chemistry analysis, and I have different options for people depending on what kind of lab they want and what kind of reading they want. So for my, I call it my KGM, Kristen Grace McGarry, KGM Signature Lab. This is about 70 markers plus your analysis. 
the lab cost is included, and it includes all of my time going on it on my own with a fine-tooth comb, going over all your intake forms, then meeting with you for about an hour and a half. Sometimes I go over to two hours, depending on the complexity of the case. I go over everything with you, and you get the recording, and you get the lab results, and you get all my recommendations. And I'm charging $2,800 for all of that, and that includes all of the labs. Oh, wow. Now, That's very people, reasonable. Yeah, it's a lot of time and energy, and you get a lot of answers. I think that's great, yeah. And it would be wonderful if insurance covered it, because I see a lot of people walk away from things like this because they're so used to having insurance coverage coverage with, you know, all of their tests. But when it's specific yes. as this is, and it's as helpful as this is, it's worth it to pay out of pocket, in my opinion, because you're actually getting something that's real. It is, and if you have a health savings account, something like that, you can apply that to the lab, and I can give you a proper receipt with codes, and you can submit that to your health savings account. So, And if you're part of my, my email list, if you're part of my community, I give discounts several times a year to make it more accessible and to really empower people. So that's another perk. If you if you like some of the things I'm saying or you're interested in my book and you read it and you love it, join my community. It's free right now to join on my website. Sign up to get my – I have free recipes. I have blogs. I have, like, so many blogs you can read for free on health and wellness and your home and your family and nutrition. And you get my monthly newsletter, and I give gifts. I like to give people gifts. I like to really empower you around your health in all different ways. And a couple times a year, I do a steep discount for labs. So that's another perk if people are saying, oh, gosh, I can't really save up $2,800 right now. This is really a stretch for me. Have a conversation with me anyway. Let's see if there's something we can work out with your doctor, your insurance, um, or maybe I'll find you a sponsor. You know, so oh, I really nice. want to make this ex as accessible as possible for as many people. That's wonderful. That is so wonderful. Yep, Goodness. Now, Goodness. I, obviously, you have so much passion about helping all of us, and we so appreciate you and everything you're doing. Can you give us some examples of some of the patients you've worked with that have been able to turn things around? Mm, certainly. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> So I'm thinking of a particular woman right now who came in and she had a lot of bloating. Her stomach was upset a lot. She was constipated a lot. She had very dry skin. She had a lot of mood swings and she would get hangry. Have you ever heard this term, hangry? Yes. You're hungry and angry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she would get hangry a lot. And she wanted to get to the bottom of it. She wasn't sleeping great. She had afternoon slumps in her energy. I mean, this is common, but this is it a is. real person that I've worked with. You, you might have heard this from other people. It, yes. it's, it's not uncommon, but this is a real-life human that I worked with. And she was a fitness professional. And, uh, and so she was trying to be in good shape, but she had a lot of challenges. So I said, well, let's look at your lab. So we looked at her lab. And we found a lot. And she was so relieved that we found it. So first of all, 
she had something called hypo, um, a reactive hypoglycemia. So her blood sugar was up and down and really unstable. And she also had something called hypochloridia, which is low HCL stomach acid. So her stomach acid was deficient, so she wasn't breaking down her food. And she was also a mom, and she was a, a, a professional. She was working. So she would be eating in the car, scarfing her food down, not chewing it, and, and not having enough HCL in her stomach. So this caused a lot of problems for her gut. We also found out she had a full-blown autoimmune disease. So I referred her to another naturopath who gave her a formal diagnosis of Hashimoto's thyroiditis because no one, even though she had been taking thyroid medication for 10 years, no one had ever bothered to test her antibodies, which were through the roof. Full-blown wow. autoimmune disease, and the medication she was taking for her thyroid was contraindicated for autoimmune oh diseases God. of the thyroid. So she is fueling the fire with a medication that is not good for her, for a disease that she didn't even know she had. So this was a real game changer for her. So very interesting. So she also, I forgot to tell you, because it's just all coming to my mind. I don't have her file in front of me. I'm going off of memory. So she also had a lot of joint pain, a lot of joint pain and swelling. She thought she had arthritis, but she was so young. She was like, 42 or something. So it was like, mm, I don't think so. So we discovered with this autoimmune issue, she had major leaky gut. We got her off of gluten and dairy. We taught her, I taught her how to wean off of sugar and taught her a few lifestyle and nutritional hacks that were super easy, like I'll give you one. For her, she needed to eat dinner for breakfast. Oh. And it's, it's a great nutritional hack for certain people, depending on what's going on in their lab and their lifestyle and their biochemistry. She needed to eat dinner for breakfast. That means protein, vegetables, a strong breakfast, healthy fats. So I gave her a ton of recipes. She started having dinner for breakfast, and all of a sudden she wasn't hangry anymore, and wow. she wasn't having afternoon slump. Got her off of gluten and dairy and sugar, and her joint pain disappeared. The bloat in her stomach was gone, and she was a new person. She felt so different. So that that's just one terrific. example. I've been, yeah. I had another example of a woman who had a genetic blood disorder. And she didn't know it. No one knew it. She was a nurse and very well-educated, very, quote-unquote, healthy. And she wanted to do her lab because she's smart, because she's a healthcare provider. She wanted right. to look inside because she knew that what her doctor was doing was not enough. So we did her labs, and we found that she had a lot of markers that were not just functionally high but lab high that indicated um, a, a, a a blood disorder, hemochromatosis it's called. And mm -hmm. hemochromatosis, if left untreated, can be fatal. Oh, my um, God. Can have she didn't even know she had it. Failure. She didn't know she had it. It can cause organ failure. And I'm not wow. just – we weren't going by just functional ranges. We were going also by lab-high reference ranges, like on the lab, from the Western Medicine Lab, they were lab-high. 
I said, you got to take this to your doctor. I'll tell you how to treat it. You go get your go give blood. That's how you treat hemochromatosis. You give blood. You get because it's high iron. You got issues and. Um, so she took it, and I said, I want you to get tested for genetic hemochromatosis. Her doctor argued with her until he was blue in the face, and she was blue. She was so frustrated. You don't have this. It's crap. You don't know what you're talking about. You she says, this is all lab high. Just do the gene test. No, no, no. I mean, she oh. had to fight with him. And she's a nurse. She's educated. So she had to fight and finally he just dismissed her and said, fine, we'll do the stupid test, but you don't have it, whatever. Sure enough, she came back positive. Well, why this was so important was that she has two children. And she passed that gene to those two children, and now we knew we had to test them. And now we know every year those kids need to be tested to make sure they don't turn that gene on. So oh this goodness. is huge. It's it is. prevention. Huge. This is huge. And then I also do hands-on work. I know we're talking a lot about functional blood chemistry analysis, which I do remotely all over the world, and it's a lot of fun and it's empowering. But I also love people to come to me in Costa Rica, and sometimes I go to people in in other states and other countries to work one-on-one. And the hands-on work is also life transformational. I'm a licensed acupuncturist in multiple states. I also am certified in advanced cranial sacral therapy and somatoemotional release. And I also do two injection techniques called neural therapy and perineural injection therapy, which are phenomenal for pain and dysfunction and down-regulating, calming the nervous system if there's been trauma or old injuries. It's, it's just a game changer. It works with scars. It works with um, uh, blocks to healing that I, I mentioned earlier. So when someone comes to me and wants to do one-on-one or do a one-on-one retreat with me, they get hands-on comprehensive care as well as lab work. And so I think that, that the full the full approach, a really comprehensive approach, is also working with the physical body. And the labs are a portal, they're a doorway, a gateway to your physical body so that you can exercise differently and you can learn new, new ways of, of living in the world that's healthier, products to use and learn uh, new nutritious foods to, to consume. And there's also structural stuff going on in your body and there's tissue memory and there's stuff in your brain that is important to address. And so I also want to just plant that seed that um, it's also really valuable to find healthcare providers that will touch you, that will do hands-on work, that are very, very skilled, that can work with your viscera, your organs, your lymphatic system, your fascial system, your meridian system in Asian medicine, your cranial sacral system, nervous system, endocrine system, but hands-on. I think that especially in this age of COVID right now, people are afraid and we're missing a lot of touch and we're missing this hands-on healing. We go to doctors, we go to naturopaths and very often they don't even touch us. And we are, our brains, these, these mammalian brains of ours are wired for touch and bonding and community. And so I think that this is another 
another important part of holistic and comprehensive health care is, is to get skilled uh, body work done. Well, that is the whole package, isn't it? It, it sounds wonderful. Mm. Now, do you have a clinic in Costa Rica? Yes, so I do. I work at various retreat centers that have healing spaces, and then I have a healing space on the property where I live. I have a two and a half acres on a gorgeous river in the jungle, and I have a guest house where often people will come and stay while they're doing mini retreats with me. Or there's a, a very beautiful retreat center right next door and up the road from me, and I've had patients come and stay there and then come and do sessions with me. Full embodiment, you know, six to eight hours a day, really a deep dive into the mind, body, and spirit for very holistic health care, soul care. It sounds I'm wonderful. Fabulous. And I know Costa Rica is beautiful. PK, we got to go. Come, oh please come! It'll be so fun. It would be fun. Great! Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, this is—you've got everything. I mean, you're you're hitting all the points that are so important on uh, bringing people back to to health. And it, it's a time in in our world that we have to look at this and not buy into the fear of what's happening around us. And I'm I'm not trying to minimize COVID. I know people have died from it. People are still getting sick from it. But at the same time, we need to have some some logic about how we approach this uh this kind of thing. So, yeah, there's just there's a lot yeah. to all of it. And and I know people are doing their research. They're contacting us about the vaccine. They're doing their research on that. They're doing their research on what COVID actually is and why it's in our lives right now. So there are people who are, who are also digging deep, and they're not just going to take the mainstream media narrative, which is so important. And everybody has to make up their own mind about what they want to do with the vaccine or, or other things, the same way they need to make up their mind about how they want to get healthy. But you're offering a wonderful program for people, an enjoyable program also. So it's, again, they can find out more information about this on your website, right? Yes, yes. And, I, Patricia, I'd love to just mention one thing about COVID that is is not really being spoken about. Yeah, that please. I, we need more information. Really Go ahead. Empower. Yeah, thank you. Because it, it, you know, it's it's so in alignment with everything we're speaking about, and that is, how do we strengthen our immune systems? How do we? Because I don't actually believe getting sick is a bad thing. In general, getting the flu, getting the cold, a common cold, having a fever, this is actually good for our immune systems. Uh, Children who get a fever once a year or once every other year, this is actually important for their immune systems. We don't want to suppress a fever. And there are ways to deal with the fever if it goes up to 104, unless it's with a newborn, which is a, a more of a medical emergency. Kids should get a good fever, and adults mm-hmm. should get a good fever. So getting sick isn't bad. And this is this is something that, our media is not understanding. This is something the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies and everyone, oh, no, getting sick is bad. Oh, no, it's bad. It's bad. No, it's not. It's actually important for your immune system. It's a healthy workout. Now, is your immune system capable of dealing with getting sick? 
are your organs of elimination able to detoxify when you get sick? Is your immune function such that you can really create a strong attack against a virus, a bacteria, a parasite, a fungus? This is important. And how do we do that? Well, when we look inside your body through functional blood chemistry analysis, we get a picture of what's going on with your immune system also. Is your vitamin D3 low? Is it too high? Are your white blood cells too low because you might have immune imbalance going on? I can tell this, and then I can direct you how to increase and, and balance your immune function. This is huge. With all of the fear around COVID, I think it's more important than ever to take your healthcare back into your own hands, to become empowered, because knowledge is power, and to take a look at what's really going on instead of guessing and Googling for your healthcare. And increasing immune function based on your lifestyle and your health goals and where you live and how you live and your exposure to things, toxins, chemicals, bacteria, etc., all plays part in how you're going to work with your immune system and and the recommendations I will make. And I think this is something people aren't talking very much about um, when it comes to COVID, when it comes to the flu every year. People aren't, aren't acknowledging how important it is. And I learned this from biological doctors who are MDs from Germany who were in the U.S. teaching and teach internationally that getting sick is important. It's expelling stuff. When you get a fever, your white blood cells are four degrees higher than normal body temperature. Your white blood cells are tenfold. And that those white blood cells kill and consume, devour the bad guys. And this is so important. And this is anti-cancer. Anti-cancer is getting a fever every year or every other year because cancer cannot survive fevers. It's a time where your body goes and mops up all the bad cells and all the genetic blips that, that create cancer and other stuff. So there are ways to simulate a fever to help someone's immune system start to get balanced. And I'll just give one hack around that, and that is a far-infrared sauna. Right. Those are great. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said around immune function and how to balance your immune system and strengthen it so you don't have to be so afraid that you can trust your body's going to be able to handle a virus. It's going to be able to handle a bacteria. It's going to be able to fight a good fight because you're strong. Well, that makes sense. And really, when COVID started, there were a lot of health professionals that came out and said, you know, up your vitamin D, take zinc, selenium, vitamin C, and I think a few other things, and you're going to stand a good chance of not getting it. And, mm-hmm. again, it's just like don't go for the quick fix. You know, people got all, all like, attention was on, well, we're waiting for the vaccine. Why wait when you could just improve your your natural health system with some natural substances like that. And and there is a lot that, that was offered at that time. There was a lot, and there still is a lot being offered, like you just did, around getting healthy, staying healthy. It's not impossible. 
there's many right. other things that were found about COVID that, in fact, there was a country in Africa where people weren't getting it. And they couldn't figure out why until they looked at the fact that they had river blindness in that country. Mm -hmm. And as a way of treating it, they gave out ivermectin, very inexpensive Mm -hmm. ivermectin. Mm -hmm. And ivermectin, as it turns out, is a preventative and also a treatment Mm -hmm. for COVID. So, So there are a lot of other alternatives. There's a lot of things that we should be looking into and maybe keeping on hand. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it it is empowering to know the truth rather than being led down a garden path of you have to do this, you have to do that, or you're going to get deathly ill. And, again, I'm not minimizing this, but there are many, many, many things out there that can help your overall health. And it's just you just were talking about, Kristen Grace. So, yeah, we need to pay attention to that. It may take a little more effort to remember every day to take your vitamin D or zinc or selenium, but it's helping a lot more than just prevention of COVID. Exactly. Exactly. It's helping your whole immune system. So whether it's COVID now or the flu, you know, in the fall or a strep throat that's going around with kids or pink eye or bronchitis or whatever it is, we live in a world where we need stronger and stronger immune systems. There's more and more chemicals in our environment and more and more challenges that are really inviting us to become more resilient. And how do we build our resilience? And having a strong immune system is one way. And I love what you're mm-hmm. saying, you know, vitamin C. I love liposomal vitamin C. Oh, yeah. Uh, food-based as much as possible. And mm-hmm. I love zinc picolinate in terms of what kind of zinc. I love selenium, um, uh, selenomethionine is a good one. Um, it's better for the human body to absorb it. I love um, quercetin. There's been some studies on quercetin and zinc picolinate with vitamin C in terms of against COVID. There's some interesting stuff with NAD and covid and taking oh, really? NAD, which is a very strong antioxidant. It's best injected or done in IVs, but very, very powerful impact, and people are having symptoms very much minimized um, when they're on these healthy regimens. So then it's like, okay, we get the virus or we get a bacteria, we get something, but our bodies can deal with it. And then we have antibodies. And then we don't have to have the vaccine conversation necessarily depending on who you talk to. I know that some people think you still do. Um, but I really believe that Mother Nature does it best. And our bodies oh, yeah. are designed to heal. And if we can, you know, we're living in a busy world full of toxins and chemicals. So, yeah, and our food sources are poor. Our, our ground soil does not have the same um, bacteria and, and, and um, uh, microbes that we really need. And so we have deficiencies. Our guts aren't as happy because of all the processed foods. And so we we have these deficiencies. Let's take some of these supplements and see if Mother Nature then can take over and do a great job to strengthen our immune systems and fight off stuff. And I think that this is this is a great approach. This is a great start to um, becoming more empowered instead of uh, just living in fear. Yes. It's time for that type of shift to happen. 
so that we're not all running around scared of something. And I think more and more people are beginning to understand that and and see things the way you do and we do, that it's up to us. If we want to maintain our sovereignty as human beings, it's up to us how we are going to take care of ourselves and how we're going to address these plagues that have beset us. But, yeah, all of this is it takes a relationship with yourself. And I think we've lost a little bit of that through the years. Yes. And I think it takes a relationship with nature. Yes. And I think it takes a relationship to community. I think that we have a very strong um, view in our culture of doing it alone. And we've got to be strong. And we've got to do it on Mm -hmm. our own. And I actually think that that's doing a lot of us a disservice, that we actually do better in community and we do better talking to our neighbors and we do better when we work as a team. And I find this in healthcare as well, that, you know, I like to be on a healthcare team and to well, be able sense. to offer gifts and support people from, you know, I don't, I think Western doctors have certain skills that I don't have. And I want, I want my patients to get the best of all of us. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I am not a pharmacologist. You know, if someone's on 25 drugs, boy, I'm going to be working closely with, with their doctor and a pharmacist because I don't, I'm not as skilled in, in all of those drugs as they are. But I'm going to also give another perspective and start using food as medicine and supplements and lifestyle and mindset. And so we can work as a team. And I think people could be doing this in many other areas of their life. And that there is kind of this sense of I got to do it all on my own. But what if we don't? What if we don't? What if what if I'm a team with my patients? What if they're a team with their family? And we start working together, and we start capitalizing on people's strengths and building up their their weak spots. Then we're really talking about a different approach to healthcare and a, a different approach to living. Yes, that's ideal. It goes back to it takes village. Everybody yeah. has yes. to work together. We definitely need it. And let me ask you a question too about heavy metal poisoning because a lot of people have that, and they mm-hmm. may not even know it. But mm-hmm. how do you address that? Do you find that in this uh, functional blood analysis that you do, or is that a separate challenge? Both. I'd say I'd say both. So, yes, sometimes I can see a certain pattern in markers that alert me to heavy metal poisoning or to heavy metal toxicity or an overload in the system. So, yes, sometimes I can see that in, in a lab. And if someone on their intake form fills out certain things, I usually can tell that they likely have a problem. And then they start talking to me about their symptoms. And I start to connect the dots and put the puzzle pieces together and then can say, okay, now we're going to do some specialized testing for this. And that is not a hair analysis test. I write about this in the book too, in the second book, um, know, know Your Blood, Know Your Health. Because a lot of people are like, well, I had my hair an- analyzed and it says I have heavy metals. Well, that is not a very good scientific test. So, yes, I talk about mind, spirit, body medicine and healthcare, but I also am a scientist. And I also, there are tests that are valid for heavy metals. And I like to use them. Some are blood, some are urine, 
I'm not afraid of doing a hair analysis, but I don't solely base my results on that. I want to look at how the body is eliminating. Sometimes I want to give a provocative agent to the body to excrete heavy metals, and then I want to catch that urine and test it and see what heavy metals are actually being excreted and in what amounts. This can give us a great clue. And then how do we deal with this person? How do we strengthen their organs of elimination so they don't get sick? So many people think of heavy metals or mercury and they want to take cilantro because they read on the internet that tinctures of cilantro is good to get rid of heavy metal. It's the worst thing to do if it's the first thing you do. You know, using cilantro is something you do after you've done some other cleansing and some other strengthening of your organs of elimination because it pulls heavy metals out of the brain. And you do not want to do that in the beginning. That is not good for you. So, so yes, people have it. Yes, testing it is important. There are different kinds of tests I'd like. Yes, I get some clues um, through an intake and through the functional blood chemistry analysis, and then I would know if we need to order other tests or not. This also um, is important when we talk about candida. Um, I like to mention this because not a lot of people are, and it's in my third book, um, The Blocks to Healing book, um, that isn't published yet, but it's finished, where Uh I speak to people complaining about candida. And and people say, you know, oh, i got to kill the candida, i got to go on a candida cleanse. Well, heavy metal... If you have heavy metal in your body, you will likely have candida. And if you tr- candida is actually there to protect you. Candida huh. can help protect you from negative effects of, of mercury. Wow. And if you try to get rid of the candida before you've dealt with why you have it, which is the heavy metals, you can get sick or just never be successful and feel really frustrated and not feel good and always be tired. And so this is very important for people to consider when working with a healthcare provider that they have all these little pieces and that they know to ask the right questions and that they can get really comprehensive care and guidance instead of just guessing. Yes, exactly, because it does become a guessing game if you go to Dr. Google and you look, start looking things up. Of course, that's one of the first things you see is cilantro and to use that. Uh, as a detoxifier, but as you're mentioning, that's not the best idea. So they that's failed to mention start. that on Google. <laughs> that's their surprise. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. and Google's not all bad. I have a blog. I have a part one and a part two about why uh, Googling for your health care is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a big Googler for health care, but at the same time, I have to give a, lot of, uh, a big shout-out to the Facebook groups because a lot of them have wonderful support for people coming into their groups, and they're also willing to share their own personal experiences. Mm. And I've found more information coming from patients than I have from a lot of doctors. So that is one place that I do recommend. You know, if you have a diagnosis, or even if you don't, and you gravitate towards a Facebook health group, you will learn a lot. And it's usually really sound information. Yeah, yeah, listening to people's experiences can be so important and it can it can help you not feel alone. It can right. be that community. Yeah. And this is so so vital for for optimal health. And I also have concern as a healthcare provider because I'm on some groups that you have non-healthcare providers giving bad advice. 
And yeah, the, we don't the people that. who are new to the group <laughs> don't know any better. They don't understand. And they're, you know, the people are giving advice because it worked for them, but it's not individualized. And it's, it's not a cookie cutter approach that often works. And so yeah. I, I have people get on those groups, get the support, ask a lot of questions, and then go do your homework. Talk to people right. like me. Talk mm-hmm. to other healthcare providers and get other opinions and perspectives so that you're really, really well-rounded in your approach. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I know a lot of people who are motivated that way are, are going to do that. They're going to do their own research. They'll get the community from the Facebook groups for now, and and then they'll learn what direction feels most comfortable for them because, like you said, it's, it is all individual. It's not one-size-fits-all. None of this is. And so no, right. it's it's very important to really really consult with someone like you and and get the best information. And again, the name of your book is called Know Your Blood, Know Your Health, Prevent Disease and Enjoy Vibrant Health Through Functional Blood Chemistry Analysis. Our guest tonight has been Kristen Grace McGarry. Kristen, thank you so much. This has been wonderful, helpful, everything that we could have hoped for having you on the show. Thank you. Thank Definitely you so much fabulous. for having me. You well, have we hope you come back. Let's get... yeah, oh, I love it. I would love to come back. Book. You please let us Beautiful. know when that... Yeah, when that comes, uh, when that drops, and then we'll definitely have you back on the show. I'm sorry, everybody who is texting me uh, questions. I'm pretty sure we covered most of them, but now you know how to get a hold of Kristen, uh, Kristen Grace, on her website. It's kristengracemcgarry.com, and you have another one. It was yes, the gut keto happy one. keto. GutHappyKeto.com, and my first book is Holistic Keto for Gut Health, a program for resetting your metabolism, and I talk about autoimmunity and your enteric nervous system and healing the gut, and I go into the emotional aspects as well as the science of it, and then there are recipes at the end of the book, so there's lots of goodness in that book as well. Well, thank you so much, Kristen Grace, and we will be talking to you soon, and Everybody, next week we'll be back with another exciting show. We're going to be talking about blood again, but in a different way. This is a show about vampires. So until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. That was terrific. Thank you so much. So great being with you both. Well, we enjoyed it. I know our audience did too. So please do keep us in the loop. Um, Have your publisher keep us in the loop so that we know when your next book's coming out and we will put you on the schedule. Awesome. Thanks so much. Many blessings of vibrant health. And please be in touch. Come to Costa Rica. Oh, we would love that. And we will definitely be in touch. Awesome. Okay. Well, many blessings. Bye for now.
Thank Bye-bye. you.